Hey, what's going on? Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. This is episode number 290 of the show. It's with Laura Meyer. We're going to talk a little pizza entrepreneurship. She does run the International School of Pizza. We also talk about on this podcast her class that she did with Breville this past Friday, which already passed, so you're not going to be able to sign up for that. I'm not sure if there's a link. If there is, I will drop it in the show notes for this episode to catch the replay. But that's why we did this podcast. I wanted to give her a shout out and some exposure for that class. But what we talked about on this episode is more than just what was going to be happening in that class. It's about the state of pizza making in the current state that we're in. And if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out, we are in a weird time right now. Let me just tell you, there is a whole lot going on in the world right now that if you told me this is what 2020 was going to look like at the end of uh, 2019, I would have never, I, I thought I would have thought you were crazy. I would have said, you're living in a movie. This is not what it's going to look like. But listen, it is some kind of crazy right now. So there's a whole lot going on. How it works is we record these episodes generally. So for the last two months, we've been kind of scrambling. We usually record the podcast episode six to eight weeks ahead of time because who knows that this is all going to happen. We probably have six episodes that we didn't even release over the last two months just because of all the corona and everything was changing, and what we talked about in those podcasts was pre-corona, and it just wasn't super relevant for the time. So how it usually works is we record these podcasts six to eight weeks in advance. I hop on here right before it's about to go live and just do this quick intro, give a shout-out to whatever show sponsors we have, add that in, and then we put the release out for these podcasts. How it's been working for the last two months is we're kind of scrambling, right? We want to make sure that the podcast that we put out is very much relevant for the time we put it out. So there's not a whole lot of lag time. You need to be able to record a podcast and get that out quick because the information is changing. What we talk about on a podcast in March is different than right now. People are reopening. People are getting up to 25 and 50% capacity. I literally, as I'm recording this intro, just got finished with our mastermind call for this week. And on the call, all of us are really diving deep into the reopening procedures of their restaurants. They're all, almost all, have the ability to reopen at some percentage. And we're trying to figure out as a group is, is that the best idea right now? Even though we can open at 25 or 50% capacity, should we do that? Should we wait and let others open and see what they do? When we do open, what do we need to have in place? Uh, Do we need to have procedures in place for our employees to make sure that if somebody does get sick, we have a book that says, hey, listen, every day we've done these things inside of our business to make sure that it's safe. We take their temperature. We we use gloves. We have um, uh, stickers on the floor to make sure that people are separated. We make sure that our tables are spaced apart. So if someone does get sick, you can't come to us and say we weren't doing what we were supposed to do. There's a whole lot of that going on. So we're recording these podcasts in the moment. Um, That being said, we do have some podcasts that we recorded quite a while ago that I'm going to be starting to re-release because I feel like as we get moving forward here, we are going to kind of get back to the point where we're at 50% capacity in our restaurants and then hopefully 100% capacity and we're really starting to ramp things up again. And those podcasts are you know, telling the stories about people who are entrepreneurs and have done great things and I really still want to tell those stories and bring that to you who are in the business right now. So over the next few weeks, we will be bringing back those podcasts that we kind of archived and we weren't sure if we were going to ever re-release, but we're going to do that. So stay tuned for those over the next few weeks. If you want some information about that mastermind group that we were talking about, go over to smartpizzamarketing.com. There's a mastermind button there. 
and you can, you know, just put your information in there and see if it's a fit for you. But especially now, as you're starting to get ready to either reopen your dining room or other businesses around you are starting to reopen and you really need to make sure that, you know, it's if you're a pizzeria and you're doing curbside and takeout and every other business around you is closed, you know, business may be well. But as other businesses open and as people go outside and they're sick of doing the same old thing and they're ready to get to restaurants, you need to have your ability to compete and make sure that you are marketing your business in the proper way. So if you're interested in us helping you do that, check out the Mastermind Group. We talk about that every two weeks inside of our group. It's uh, over at smartpizzamarketing.com. And also, the sponsor for this episode, speaking of sponsors for the podcast, Our Town America. And Susan at Our Town America is today's sponsor. Thank you to Susan. Our Town America has come up with some new technology. They're always had a, a way for you to track exactly how many people come into your restaurant so that you know the ROI. But now they have an app for that. For the consumer, the new resident will be able to download the Our Town app, see the deals you have, put them on hold, redeem them, and redeem the welcoming gift on their phone, which is amazing. They can also connect with you directly through the app, phone, website, directions, all of that good stuff. And all of this is included at no additional cost to you. It still costs about a dollar per household. So if you're looking to get new customers at an average rate of about a dollar per new customer, you definitely want to contact Susan at OurTown.net. You can also reach her over on our website. You can go to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash Our Town. This is a cool new app that customers can download. You can reach out to them directly. And you know the ROI of every dollar you spend with Susan. So give her a ring or give her an email. Susan at OurTown.net is how you get a hold of her. And thank you to Susan for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. All right, let's get into today's talk with Laura Meyer right now. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Laura Meyer is my guest today. Laura, thank you so much for taking the time out and joining me here on the show. Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having me. So how, how are everything's where you are with all of this that's going on lately? It's going okay. I mean, people are now pretty restless. There's tons of people outside now and not very many of them are wearing masks and everything. But the restaurants themselves, I think, are adjusting and so it's you know everyone's doing as best as they can yeah how are you how have you adjusted to what you've been doing uh since all of this happened like has it been an easy transition for you or has there been challenges or what's been what's been going on for you um there's definitely been some challenges i moved <laughs> right when the the stay in place really hit hard oh wow so that was a little stressful in the beginning because I was moving out of San Francisco and across the Bay. I didn't move very far, but it was just stressful thinking, you know, am I even really going to be able to do this? But I made it and everything was fine. And now with work and everything, I've had to make some adjustments just because um, my main focus for this uh, year is going to be the school the international school of pizza that we have in San Francisco. Right. And unfortunately, because of the stay in place order and everything, we've had to cancel all of our classes, which means that I'm still around and I'm helping out at Tony's and whatnot, but it just kind of put a damper on everybody's plans. Yeah. It's not easy to, I mean, you can teach people classes over the internet and teach people like recipes, but you know, I bet you those people who are going to that school yeah. are probably like, all right, I need to get my hands on because I'm going to be opening a business or I'm going to be doing this for my work. Yeah. I need to be hands on and actually do it. 
And that's one of the major aspects of the school is, yeah, I can teach you online as best as I can, especially when it comes to like the chemistry stuff. But even dough making, no matter how many times I verbally tell you, you know, how to mix a batch of dough until you know that touch and feel aspect of what water absorption feels like and what, you know, an extra pound of water feels like, you know, until you really feel that you really aren't comfortable. And so not having the the hands-on portion just really kind of put a damper on everything. So yeah. unfortunately we had to cancel all of our classes. When are you, do you, is there any schedule for reopening or what does it look like for you guys being able to start back up again? Well, here in California, they've started to open certain counties. Um, of course, LA is getting hit pretty hard right now. Yeah. So LA County is definitely staying closed and whatnot. San Francisco, uh, fortunately we've been doing better with our numbers so the stay in place is starting to lift because they've been, I think they're now in phase one and they're heading to phase two, at least the first portion of phase two. But the great thing is, is that the mayor, London Breed, just passed um, an initiative. Granted, it's only going to be for this uh, time period, but passed something that says that restaurants are allowed to kind of expand out onto the um the walkways meaning the sidewalks and out into parking spaces so they're going to allow um more seating outside so it's it's actually kind of nice so it's in preparation for when the restaurants are able to open even at limited capacity that they're able to to have more seating available outside uh, which is what everyone has been hoping for. So that way the restaurants don't get hit too much. Yeah. Uh, it's good that it's summertime and like people can be uh, used to being outside, especially here in Boston. Like it's getting warm here and you know, we're, we're a slow recovery yeah. state too. Like we're just, just started phase one, I think on Monday, a couple of days ago from recording the show. Oh wow! So we still have a couple more weeks to go before we even get to phase two. Um, yeah, you know, so it's going to be a slow roll, but I think the customers appreciate the slow roll. They want everything kind of figured out and to know before they go sit down in restaurants that are packed, they want to know like what, what's going to, what's it going to look like? Definitely. And San Francisco is pretty good at adapting. Um, and so I think the outside seating will do wonders. I mean, of course, everyone, San Francisco is a very kind of young and lively city. And so I think if the option to sit outside is available, and they can drink outside. Um, I don't <laughs> think it's going to be a problem whatsoever. Yeah. It's just, it's uh, it's 9 a.m. here and it's already 80 degrees outside. Wow. And so the Bay Area is only used to heat at certain times of the year for very minimal amounts of time. So everyone is already kind of not sure how to react. <laughs> right, right. It'll be interesting, that's for sure. Um, yeah. let's talk about pizza. So you have this class coming up a couple of days from today. If you're, yeah. if you're listening to this or watching this, when it comes out, uh, what's going to be happening at this class? Let's go over that. Well, so the class is being put on by Breville. Um, it's a company that makes this cool oven called Pizzaiolo. And I love the oven because I'm living in an apartment. Yeah. And so I don't really have a backyard at my disposal. I don't really have a lot of outdoor space. So I can't have like a grill and um, like an uni oven that has like an open flame. So this oven um, can get up 
to 750, um, but because of the chamber, it cooks almost like a Neapolitan, but it plugs right into a standard outlet. Does it really? It's about, yeah, it plugs into that standard 110. It's about the size of, I would say like a small microwave. Yeah. So it's very portable. It's very accessible. It fits right on my countertop without having to really do too much pushing around. Um, so it's a great little oven. And so they're putting on what's called a virtual pizza tour. And so of course they've brought in, um, the man of all mans for pizza tours, Scott Wiener. Um, and they've brought him to kind of be the mediator or sorry, the moderator. And, um, so this coming Friday is going to be my stop here in California, uh, with me. And we're going to talk about New York style pizza, but we're going to talk about New York style pizza in two different ways. So kind of an old style without starter, just that classic direct method, just flour, water, salt, yeast, and a little bit of olive oil. And then, um, and then the, on the other side, we're going to talk about the addition of starter and because it's so popular now, yeah. um, I mean, foolish. And we're going to talk about kind of like the pros and cons and kind of compare the two and, and see how it goes. I have been, so I bought an uni oven for my, I have a little outdoor area. So I bought an uni oven. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to make some pizzas outside and I've been kind of playing around. I talked to, I talked to Scott and I talked to Falco about, uh, naturally leavened dough and I've been trying to get the starter right. And I cannot figure it out for the life of me. Yeah. The starters, they're easy to make, but they do require some attention to detail. And I think a lot of people, um, they confuse kind of the purpose of a starter and also how do you even use it? Yeah. Um, there's so much knowledge out there nowadays as compared to even just five years ago. And so I think people are just kind of a little confused um, at what information is out there and kind of how do they pare it down to what they're looking for. And yeah. so we're going to kind of talk about the pros and cons of a starter. Why do you even use it? Um, why do you even need it? And then um, just kind of the differences between them because the pizza that I made in Naples last year um, for the competition at the Caputo Cup um, won first place and it didn't use a starter at all. Huh. And so I think a lot of people are kind of under the impression that you have to use it now because everybody's using it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't make a great pizza without it. It's what just knowing. What's a pro or a con to using starter versus yeast? Is it just like the ease of the recipe? Um, well, one of the things that stands out the most to me is the flavor. You're going to get a lot more complex flavor, um, with the addition of a starter, because if you think about it, you're already, you're using a certain portion of your dough that's already fermented, that's already developed kind of the acid and the flavor. And you're now putting that into your dough. So you're making your dough that much more complex with the addition of the starter. So it, flavor profile, that's kind of like why you would use a starter. Definitely. But yeah, I was, mean, it's not the only reason, but uh, it's definitely a big plus. Right. What kind of yeast do you use? Do you use a dry yeast or? I'm using dry yeast. Um, I've always used active drive, although, you know, most pizza makers, because they get influenced by the bread world and whatnot, use instant. Yep. And so um, either one works, but predominantly I'm using dry yeast. Yeah. And if you're interested, uh, Scott Wiener, who is co-moderating this session that you're doing on his Instagram, 
on one of his highlights on his Instagram, he has a, a tutorial video on how to create starter from scratch. Yeah, they're super easy. Uh, you really just need a little bit of extra time, honestly, but really it's you mix and then you let it sit. Yeah, it's just, it'll do a, its, thing on its, own. it's like a seven or eight day process, right? From start to finish before it starts to get For going. a natural starter for a quote unquote sourdough, um, it does take more days, but if you're using a poolish or a biga or something like that, with the addition of yeast, you really um, mix it at night before you go to bed, wake up in the morning, and it's usually ready to go. Explain what that is, Poolish or Biga, for people who don't know. I mean, we got sophisticated listeners, yeah. but they may not know <laughs> what that is. Uh, the difference between a Poolish and a Biga is predominantly the hydration, the water content. Uh, the Poolish is normally going to be 100% hydration, so equal parts flour and water. Um, I normally remember it because poolish pool, lots of water. Um, and then a biga on the other hand is a lower hydration, usually around the 50 to 60 range. Um, so it's going to be a lot drier and a lot firmer. Um, both work great, but they do tend to have different, um, kind of profiles and complexities because of the acid content. Um, more water, less water, um, is definitely going to change the pH levels. Uh, within the starter, which is going to affect the acids and the flavor profile and things of that nature. Do you just use regular tap water or do you use like spring water or filtered water or what kind of water do you use for yours? Well, I'm lucky here in the Bay Area, we have great water. So I use it straight out of the tap. Um, but if you have really hard water or let's say you're using well water, let's say if you're in the mountains and whatnot, um, or you have uh, high minerality or it's chlorinated, um, usually then I would use filtered water. Huh. How long have you been doing this? Cause you have a lot of knowledge in it. I feel like you've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> um, 14 years now. That's pretty long. That's like, not like a, you're like, not like a, a super long time, but it's pretty long of consistently doing that. Yeah, it's definitely been a long time. I mean, it was my first job. So I feel like the first half of it kind of didn't really count because I was, <laughs> kind of a kid and didn't really think about it the same way that I do as an adult. <laughs> um, but I'm definitely in the last couple of years have really been uh, focusing on um, the teaching aspect in the school, but just my own learning. Yeah. And so I've just kind of been absorbing it from every direction I can and from every person I can and really just trying to put it all together. It's really easy to get confused. <laughs> yeah, I can take so, that from me. I know that for a fact. Because I have this, I have a book that a friend sent me and it's all about um, the chemistry side and like the molecular chemistry side. So it breaks it down a lot and it gets to a point where I read two sentences and then I have to stop <laughs> laying it to myself right. <laughs> and then keep going because otherwise it's just, it's a lot of words that I don't use on a regular basis. Right. I don't think you ever really figure it out either. Do you? It's always changing and you're always trying to get better at it and figure like learn more. Like there's no, has there ever been a point for you where you'd be like, you know what? I got it. I'm not changing anything. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Never. I mean, I made dough. So I wrote out my recipes uh, a week or two ago and I had everything ready. And the original recipe is based off of the one that I did in Naples. And so when I went to go make the dough, I was like, oh, this is great. And I have a thermometer in my kitchen. And I turned around and looked at my thermometer and it's over 90 degrees. Oh, and boy. so 
<laughs> and so knowing those kinds of things, I was like, okay, well now I have to manipulate this and I have to make certain accommodations and I have to do certain things differently because it's just way too freaking hot to be trying to make dough, especially, um, granted I was making it by hand and not with a machine. So kind of that friction isn't as high as if it was to be with a machine, but still, you know, my hands are hot. I'm physically hot. Right. And now I'm trying to work with this dough. So every day is a new day. Every day changes. Um, even hour by hour, it changes. Um, so it'll never be one of these. I'm good and I'll never have to tweak it again. That's kind of like the difference between dough making and pizza versus regular recipes that you would cook with pasta or in the kitchen. Because if you use pasta or a sauce or a steak, it's kind of like, you know, the circumstances are always the same. But the dough has so much to do with pizza that you know, how humid it is out, how hot it is out, you know, what the water's like, yeah. it always has to, it's always changing. It's never, there's not a week that goes by that's exactly the same as the previous week. No. And it's one of the things that, uh, I have to kind of explain to students and even within our own company, um, when I was working with the pizza rock company for a period of time and we writing recipes and teaching people and I've had, past students, or let's say not even just people that kind of approach me at pizza expo and things like that. And they're asking me questions and, you know, they're, op they're trying to open more than one store and they want that golden recipe. That's going to be able to just transfer to every store and never have to be manipulated. And especially when they're trying to, let's say, maybe go more towards that franchise world or um, just having multiple locations in general you know, you want the name of the game for everybody is um, consistency. Right. You know, you want the same right. product every day. You know, you don't want a product that's changing. Customers want the same product. That's why they come back to you. Um, and unfortunately, everyone works from a recipe and everyone may work from the same recipe, but everyone's surroundings are going to manipulate this recipe um, in certain directions. And so it's really hard to kind of explain that to somebody that, yeah, you have a recipe, but it's going to change every day Right. <laughs> and trying right. to teach an employee those specifics and what to look for. And that's why the touch and feel that hands-on is so important because the recipe might not change, but your humidity does, your temperature does, um, all that kind of stuff. And so it definitely plays a part. And it can be a little tricky sometimes yeah, the trying to <laughs> the, the recipe is just like what you start with, but you have to use your uh, surroundings and your brain a little bit to figure out, all right, how do I tweak it to the circumstances that are happening today? That's the, that was the hardest part we had with our employees when I was operating was we had a dough recipe, you know, just like everybody else. And it changed. Like if it's in Massachusetts, especially in Boston, you know, there's huge oh, yeah. weather spring swings, you know, in January, it's really dry and cold. And, in August, it's really hot and humid, and yeah. it's the drastically different way you make the dough based on the time that you're in. So, definitely, it's hard. I mean, and it even is the flour too. Sometimes it's you know the flour itself changes, even though the the producers are also aiming for consistency. Right. You know, they want to send right. you the same bag of flour every single time. But even knowing that their recipe changes a little bit throughout the year, just because they have to buy different wheats to make up their recipe. You know, the, the absorption 
changes a little bit throughout the year and how it absorbs. And so trying to teach someone uh, those minute details is hard. And, you know, the dough is the foundation. So it's a, it's a big gamble leaving that in other people's hands. When you are teaching the class and you are trying to explain that, like, how do you explain it to people? Because I'm sure you have a wide range of people who come into the class, like people who are experienced and people who have no experience, right? Like someone who's probably just taken the class, never made dough in their life is going to be like, I thought this was just like you put all this stuff in a bowl and it mixes and you're done. How do you explain it to them so they understand it? A lot of people are under that impression that they think they can just dump everything in. And for the most part, most people do. Um, and, (laughs) and the major, let's say the majority of the time it comes out great, but it's those few times that it doesn't come out the way they expected that that's usually the, the times that we can kind of grab onto and get people's attentions because it's those few times that people just kind of rack their brains. It's like, well, I did everything the same, you know, why would it be different? As well as, you know, if I, gave you a dough ball and I had a dough ball and we just had to make a cheese pizza. Both pizzas would be very different. It's like everyone's works differently. So just kind of being able to teach people the, the sciencey side, um, you know, we, we teach them in a way that you can understand it. You know, we're not molecular biologists here. We're not gastronomists. We're not scientists. Um, you know, so I'm not breaking it down to a point where, I'm going to just confuse you with everything I say. That's not the point. Right. So we try and explain things in a more simplistic way so that you can understand it. And then from there we'll expand. So it can be a little difficult at times, especially when um, we have people that come and they've been in the business for a really long time. And it's just, it's hard to get, uh, it's hard to change once you've created habits. So it's hard to, it's hard to change habits. Yeah. It's like that employee that comes in and they've worked at five other pizza places and they think they know everything. It's hard to get them to do it your way. You're almost better off having someone with no experience and teaching them from the ground up because they only know your way. Yeah. The beauty of the school is that we are here in San Francisco, which means small kitchens, non-air conditioned kitchens and you kind of just have to work with what space you have just because we have old buildings that we're not allowed to change and modify right and we just have to deal with what we have so it's the imperfect condition and so being able to teach people in that environment means that when you go home you're probably more capable of repeating this because you know that, okay, today is hotter than yesterday. This is what we did to change it. Um, and those kinds of things. This class Friday, are you teaching it from your house? Like, is it a, 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 it's a Zoom yeah. thing, right? Yeah. So this is actually going to be in my apartment, um, just because it's happening earlier in the day and whatnot. So I have my little setup. I've got, um, the oven and whatnot and a little area that I can uh, work on. And because of, I'm only making a couple pizzas, um, you know, I don't need a giant kitchen. I don't need a giant commercial kitchen right. to execute it. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. And of course it's with Scott Wiener. So he's super knowledgeable and he's one that's always trying to learn and absorb. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to, I'm going to hop on that class with you guys. I'm going to see what it's all about. I'm going to learn a little bit. Yeah, it'd be great. So Scott is like the commentator. So he describes like what you're doing so people can understand. 
Yeah. So him and I are going to be able to talk kind of like how we are right now. Um, and he'll, I'm sure he's probably going to be wanting to jump through the screen and he wishes (laughs) that he was there with me. Uh, but he's going to be seeing what I'm doing and, and we'll be kind of chatting while I'm cooking. And of course we'll be talking about what I'm physically working on the dough recipes, all that kind of stuff. But I'm sure, um, if any questions come in from anybody who's watching or anything like that, he'll kind of be able to relay those to me and we'll talk about them and stuff like that. So it's going to kind of be a, an ongoing conversation. It's kind of be like, join me while I make lunch. (laughs) (laughs) I know these, these zoom things are amazing and weird all at the same time, aren't they? Yeah, no, I think they're great. I think it, it, it's added another layer to, to what we're doing. And I also think it, because a lot of these times, you see people in their homes like this is you can see my couch behind yeah. me and um you see people like in their home offices and they're dressed a little bit more relaxed and they're not you know in their chef coats like at pizza expo and it's a little bit more inviting and a little bit more relaxed and so i think people are a little bit more forthcoming with um information conversations you know everyone's kind of going through the same stresses so i don't it's kind of like a bonding experience so if you're looking to make pizza at home like if your your goal is to yeah. make learn to how to make pizza at home this is the perfect thing because you're basically you're not basically you're making pizza at home just like they would do yeah and i'm even going to talk about how to execute new york style pizza if you don't have the pizza alone um just because i know that the this stay in place has been great. Um, but at the same time, every time I try and go on Amazon and buy something, it's out of stock. It's <laughs> true. That is very true. <laughs> because everybody is home and everybody is buying everything right now. So if you are unable to purchase the pizza Iolo or just don't have it, um, you can still make great New York style pizza at home um, utilizing your home oven. And I have an old school 1950s style oven and it can still make great pizza. <laughs> is it, can you do an electric gas, whatever it is? Yeah, whatever you have. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, a gas oven, but if you have an electric oven, um, anything works. And I mean, New York style pizza is usually cooked at a lower temperature. Um, and when I say lower, I'm talking more around that 500 degree realm. Yep. So yep. most home ovens can max out at 500 degrees. And so it's kind of perfect. You can still make great New York style pizza at home. Is In your class that you teach when you do the International School of Pizza, what's the most popular style of pizza that people want to learn? Um, well, we have two classes depend uh, that vary. So we have a Neapolitan specific and kind of that classic Italian world. Yep. Um, and then we have the American side. So depending on what they come for, um, Right now, I'd say the most people want to learn Detroit still, and then grandma now. And then on the other end, of course, Neapolitan is always going to be popular, but um, sorry about that. That's fine. Um, But also Roman. Oh, yeah, that's pretty popular now. That's again, I see a lot of people, a lot, I see a lot more Roman style pizzerias popping up over the last six to 12 months than I ever have before. Yeah, it's, I mean, the pizza world is just like the rest of the culinary world. It does go through trends and whatnot. So even though Roman pizza has been around yeah. for ages, it's definitely kind of come back around and um, it's in popularity. I like it because it means people are learning and they're not stuck in a rut. Um, I think it's great that most pizzerias now offer more than one 
style of pizza. Yeah. So you're getting a lot more variety, which means the general public is a lot more informed and they granted it also creates kind of the other side of people are a lot more picky now (laughs) (laughs) and outspoken about it. Yes. And very outspoken about it. And a lot of times you get people who tend to, because they eat out a lot, they think they know a lot. And unfortunately that's not generally the case. It's just because you eat out a lot. It doesn't necessarily mean you know what's going on, but on the plus side, um, it's nice to see that people are looking for those kind of new styles, different styles, variety. Yeah. I think it's good and bad, right? Like the people who eat out a lot in are opinionated, keep us on our toes, right? Like we, we, they keep us wanting to improve our product, which is ultimately good for the rest of us who like to eat out, but aren't outspoken because if you continually improve, like you're going to, your pizza is always going to be better and better and better. And these new styles that come out, um, I appreciate that as a consumer of pizza, because I know that you're trying and it's going to be a good product. Yeah. I think the people who are the most outspoken and, and whatnot, um, their opinions are valuable. I think it's just know your time and know your place. Um, Some are. Is it really, I'll say it. You know say it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it really smart to be rating restaurants right now when. <laughs> no, there should be a rule. You shouldn't rate restaurants right now and you shouldn't be able to rate restaurants the first six months they're open. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I appreciate that there is a platform for people's opinions, um, but how widely regarded it is, is, I mean, it's people's opinions right? um, and people hold it in such a high regard that it can make or bake or make or break a restaurant. And I think some people don't quite understand that, that, you know, especially for us independents. I mean, that's our livelihood. Yeah. That's, um, that's our home. That's our second home, our second family. And um, I, I think some people don't understand, especially in San Francisco, because it is such a foodie city that I think a lot of people tend to be a little bit misguided and they don't, um, they don't quite see the, the real impact that their opinions have. Um, and so it's, it's, there's plus pros and cons. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> with, as with say. anything, right? Exactly. Really bad. Uh, where can people go check out the class if they want to join you on Friday? Um, well, I have the link posted on um, my social media, on Instagram, um, but you can also find it through previously. Um, Anthony Falco did it, Leo Spitziri, and then also um, David Nayfield um, here at KFICO in San Francisco. So they've got all of their links posted. Um, but if you go to Breville on their website, the links will be posted. Um, it's through Eventbrite, but it's called Meet the Maker. Um, Meet the Maker, and I'll be posting my link um, for the next couple of days, so you'll be able to find me. Um, and then it's also through, sorry about that. No, it's, okay. um, it's kind of all over the place. So right, if cool. you look for us through Breville, um, Meet the Maker, um, it's the virtual pizza series, you'll find us. I'll link it up too. I'll put it in the show notes or wherever you're watching this video on YouTube or Facebook or on the website, we'll have it below this video. Where, wh- who, I'm sorry. Let me back that up a little bit. What's uh, on Instagram? What's your what's your name on Instagram so people can follow you? Um, My name on Instagram is a little odd, but it's Echo Me Choopy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's what Instagram is. Instagram is a lot of odd names. Well, I started my Instagram when it first came out and it was way before uh, I had more of a name, let's say. Let's say. <laughs> So unfortunately, it's not just my name, but um, 
it means some it means like here i am the pacifier <laughs> excellent <laughs> so uh because that's usually what i do i plug in i solve all the problems i'm kind of the plug <laughs> is that is that like in a language um well echo me is in italian and then chupi is what my family calls a chupon which is a pacifier okay. in spanish so it's kind of the two things Got pushed it. together um it doesn't really make sense to anybody but it does to me that's so. all that matters it only needs to make sense yeah. to you not anybody else we'll link that yeah. and then of, yeah and then of course laura meyer on facebook i'm easy to find cool i'm excited to check out this class i'm excited to learn how to make good pizza at home are you going to be doing you said you're going to be doing naturally leaven and yeast dough um well not naturally leavened but no starter and then with starter okay. and so we're going to be talking about the differences and kind of pros and cons and things of that nature so after watching this i'll be able to make new york style pizza at home i'm hoping all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's me too all right we'll link that up thank you laura for joining me i appreciate you taking the time uh don't hang up but we're going to end it there check out laura's class coming up friday check out all the classes because all the classes they have with breville are pretty cool like they said they did falco i think they have a couple uh uh uh, there's a couple of cool ones coming up. So go check out all those. Support these guys. They're doing some great stuff in the pizza community. Laura, thank you so much. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, Bruce. Have a good one. You too. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Thank you to Laura for joining us on the show and sharing all that good info. If you want some information about Laura, head over to our website, smartpizzamarketing.com. Just type in Laura Meyer. I think this is our second episode we've done with Laura. So you'll have both of those to refer back to. And if you want to talk about our mastermind group that we mentioned in the beginning of this call, or this, this call, this podcast, leaving that in there. We don't really edit too much of this stuff out. Go over to smartpizzamarketing.com, click on the mastermind link, and you'll be able to uh, give us some information and you can see if it's a good fit for you. But I suggest you get ready to reopen and get ready to compete again and start looking into your marketing plan because the time is coming. Eventually, we will get back to normal and we will get back to really marketing and growing our business, hopefully sooner than later. So go check that out. Also, if you have a question for me, you can reach me at bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. That's my email. goes directly to me. You can reach me and ask me any question. And we've been doing that on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Coffee with Bruce over on Facebook still. Grab a cup of coffee. Come hang out with me on Facebook, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I answer your questions. Go over some news topics and just kind of hang out and talk pizza for about 20 or 30 minutes every morning. Well, not every morning. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings over there. And also... Reach me on Instagram at Smart Pizza Marketing or at The Bruce Irving. And don't forget to check out our podcast over at the Local Business Podcast for some insights and motivation over there about how to grow on LinkedIn, Instagram, UGC, text message marketing, content creation, all of that good stuff over there. Guys, I appreciate you. Hang in there. Hopefully you're doing well. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. We'll see you next week right here on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. <laughs>